but God looks at the heart. This morning, he's moved with compassion to receive our worship, our offering. And he knows our heart with what agony, with what pain, with what fear we have honored him. Surely, he's here to wipe away all our tears, heal our wounds, and transform us. To enjoy his joy, turning our sorrow into joy. Let's praise him and tell him, Lord, I love you. I love you, Jesus. You are my only hope, Lord. I love you. Shall we sing together? I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ears. Listen, Lord, open our hearts right now, even as we pray in Jesus' name, amen. This morning, the Holy Spirit turned my attention to Zechariah 9 and verse 12. The Lord says, my children, return to your fortress, and I will render double to you. This morning, God wants us to have double. Every time we lose something, Jesus says, or God says, I want to give you everything back in double measure. The Bible says in 1 Samuel 30 and verse 6, when David lost everything, David recovered all. The same God, when he looked at Job, he said, Job, I have to compensate. Your misery has been much and whatever you have lost, you have lost it forever. So now I want to give everything back in double measure. Not just for this generation, but for four generations. You will see it happen. This is God's promise for every one of you. Whatever loss you may have had, as you turn to God and say, Lord, I'm not just going to pray for myself for everything to come back. I'm going to pray for others. And especially those who have criticized me, who have hurt me, who have unjustly filed accusations against me. I'm going to pray for them so that they will get to heaven. 
they will be free of their guilt. God doesn't judge people by destroying them. God judges people by saving them. That is the heart of God. In the year 1985, my father's kidneys failed. He was a man who was used mightily by God to touch millions of people and heal their broken hearts. Six months, he was on dialysis. He had to go to his office, earn his money, and weekends preach and preach to 50,000, 100,000 people, and God would do miracles, but he would come back home, he would be vomiting, vomiting. He, couldn't, he wouldn't be able to eat anything because of his kidney disease. And they'd get up next day, and the power of God would come, and miracles would happen to everybody, but nothing would happen to him. Six months in agony, we suffered. And we asked God, why? That's the only question God doesn't answer. He never gives the reason why. Job said, I've asked him so many times. Will not somebody tell me where I can find him? I will go before him and I will argue my case. He never found him. The only answer was, my son, get up and pray for those who hurt you. As they get healed, you will have double portion of healing. You will have double portion of restoration. And after six months of agony, darkness, and criticisms, humiliation, not from the world, but from our own, and especially those who have who have blessed through my father's own ministry, writing, did God ask him to open a university? Then why is he dying? And some already said he's gone. Now get to my ministry and start supporting my ministry. That's what the world is all about. But God allows it to show his power. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord shall deliver him out of them all. And the Lord came on my father's birthday. That's the grace God gives us. After six months of darkness without a visitation from God. You know, that's the hardest thing anybody can go through. You can bear sickness. You can bear humiliation. You can bear losses. You'll get used to it after some time. But when you don't hear from God. The dark times, it breaks our heart. But on his birthday, as we were praying together, without any hope that he would live, the Holy Spirit rose up. Romans 8.26 says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Thank God he is with you. Thank God he is with you. When you're going through the greatest darkness, just say, thank you, Lord Holy Spirit. You are in me. The world has forsaken me. My health has forsaken me. My finances have forsaken me. But Holy Spirit, you are in me to stay in me forever. You may not feel him, but thank him. That's the best way to get him to rise up. Recognize that he is with you and in you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He says in John 16, 19, In a little while, 
you will not see me again, but when you see me, your sorrow will turn into joy. That's the grace God gives us. The Holy Spirit rose up, and when the Holy Spirit rises up, you will see him again. And Jesus came and spoke, and he said, my son, you know why you have been sick? There are millions who love you. But there are two or three who are jealous and speak the wicked way, words of the devil. You have turned your heart and eyes from those millions who love you and thank me for your prayers. And you have listened to those two or three people. And those were the voices of the devil. And they have come into you and corrupted the presence of the Holy Spirit or disturbed the presence of the Holy Spirit. That's the right word. Disturbed the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that has allowed Satan to put this sickness in your kidney. Today turn to my love. Return to your fortress. Return to your first love. And we cried and said, Lord, we are not going to look at people anymore. People to sustain us. But we are going to look at your love and the people whom you have given to love us. My dad said, I'm going to look at the love of my wife. I'm going to enjoy the love of my children. Many times we look outside for love. When God has given you love right where you are. You don't value it. I don't value it. The Lord wants us to value it. The love of Jesus. The love of your family. The love of those who long for your prayers. Who work with you and want to support you, enjoy their love, return to your fortress, and I will render double to you. And Job returned, and he had only his friends who were criticizing him by his side. Nobody else, everybody had left him. And he said, let me start with these people who have criticized me. But yet, they have come all the way, and they are sitting with me all these days, even though they are talking rubbish, yet they are sitting with me. That means they have little love. They are trying to justify, but they love me. And he began to pray for them. For them to be saved from judgment. And God heard it. He said, return. And you have returned. And God gave him back everything that he lost in double measure. The devil could never take it away after that. The Bible doesn't record even one loss after that. When you return to the fortress and you start getting the double portion, you will never have any devil coming over and destroying anything that you have. He'll have no power to steal. You'll become so strong. I have experienced it, experienced it in my life. This morning he's going to do it for you. Let not your heart be troubled. There was a man in the Bible called Elisha who cried in 2 Kings 2, 9, My master Elijah, I want the spirit that is upon you in double measure. In double measure. But he had to go through four places to finally get this double portion. The first one was Gilgal. What is Gilgal? If you read Joshua Chapter 5 and verse 9, it's a place where Joshua led all the Israelites after they came out of the bondage of Egypt. 
and there he circumcised them, cut off their foreskins. That's the first step to get the double portion. Our foreskins have to be cut off. And that becomes a covenant with God. He sanctified them. And he said, now give yourself cutting off that foreskin, saying, Lord, I am yours. I am totally yours. And your will will be done in my life. The Bible says in Revelation 22, 11 and 12, Jesus says, He that is filthy, let him become more filthy. He that is unrighteous, let him become more unrighteous. He that is holy, let him become more holy. He that is, un he that is righteous, let him become more righteous. Behold, I come quickly. I am coming soon. The only way is to cut off the foreskins. What is it to cut off those foreskins? What are the things that God wants us to cut off and circumcise? He says in Isaiah 1.15, You are raising your hands and praying many prayers, but I will not listen to your prayers. I will hide my eyes from your prayers. And even if you offer many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands may be open, you may pray, my eyes will be closed. You offer many prayers, one after the other, one after the other. Yet, I will not listen. Why? Your hands are filled with blood. What is the blood that is in our hands? First John 3.15 says, If a man hates his brother, he's a murderer. Just hating the brother, God says you are a murderer. There's blood in your hands. With that hate, you come and raise your hands and pray many prayers. I will hide my face. I will never listen to those prayers. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.28, if you hate your wife, you're hating your own body. How do we treat our wife? How do we treat our husband? How do we treat our children? Everyone has weakness. But is there love? And the Bible says that when we have hate in our hearts. We do not have answers from heaven. There was a man who was dying. He was the head of a big denomination in India. We never knew him. But the wife said, come quickly, he's dying. So we flew to their house, to their city and went to the house. Hundreds of people were there. He was gasping for breath. And as he saw my dad, he held on to his hands and gasping, he said, Mr. Dinakaran, just say one word that you have forgiven me. We never knew him. He said, when somebody asks me about you, though I do not know you personally, a spirit of jealousy rose up. And I said, wrong things. Now I'm going to die. Mr. Dinakaran, I want to get to heaven. I don't want blood in my hands. Just say, you have forgiven me. We cried with him. Of course, we hugged him. But then I prayed, Lord, give me the same heart. To tremble and fear, I must get the double portion in heaven, or in heaven too. And again, the Lord says in Amos 5.23, 
You're trying to get close to me with your mouth, but your heart is far away from me. Of course, that's Isaiah 29, 13. We try to get close to the Lord, but our heart is far away from Him. And Amos 5, 23 says, You sing many songs, you play the instruments, but they are only noises to me. Your songs are a noise to me. Your instrument is a noise to me. Away with your songs. Away with your music. Why? Your heart is far away from me. In 1986, the Lord spoke to my father and he said, build a university. That was the first one in India. And it's not easy, my friend. The government had no laws to allow a private individual to start a university. And we had to wait in prayer. And when we announced it, the world laughed. The professors laughed. Said, how can it be? Just like Noah's ark. But you must know, when God speaks to you to do something, he will change the laws of the land to make it happen. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But the servant of God has to go through humiliation, has to go through tears to sow it. It's not easy. And at that moment, my 17-year-old sister, who had, just, who had just finished school, jumped into my father's car one morning and said, as you're going, I want to come with you to the meetings. I have never come because I was in school studying my senior class. Now I'm free. And as she jumped into the car, my father and my mother were going to the airport to go to a place to beg a bank to fund that university. And then go and preach the gospel in another city. Alas, the car never reached the airport. A, a truck hit the car. And my sister died. Right on the lap of my father. 17 year old beautiful girl. Whom my father kissed at least 50 times every day. Lay dead on his own lap. We asked the question, why? Darkness surrounded us. We cried for two months. Of course, the Holy Spirit rose up. And that morning the Lord spoke. Of course, before that, during the two months, we were so bitter. We said, why, why, why have we not served God faithfully? We were only going to obey God and beg for a loan. Why should God do this? Where is his love? How can we go and say God is a good God now? Our hearts were bitter. But with that, every morning we would sing a song, read a scripture and pray the family prayer. Every morning we did it. But every morning we would only say, why God? Where is this promise of the scripture? Where is this power that we are singing about? Where is Psalm 91? Where is Psalm 121? That was our prayer. Our hearts were bitter. It was far away from the Lord. Even though we were singing, reading the scripture, praying. That's what God says. Away with your noises. But he is a God of compassion. He came and spoke and he said, my children... I know the agony you are going through. If I tell you the reason, you will not understand. Angel is with me. 
and she is rejoicing. But I've challenged the angels. I've challenged Satan that in the midst of this agony, you will still follow me. Will you let me down? Will you let me down? We said, Lord, give us grace. And the comfort of the Holy Spirit came, lifted us up, and we built the university. God did it through us. And the time came to admit the first group of students. 180 students were there. And my mother was surprised to see that they were the same age as my sister angel. She said, I lost one angel. Now I have 180 angels. And then God built my life. When I got married after that, I had, the, I had a girl who had the same name as my sister Angel. Same age. She was studying the same course. And my parents said, our Evangeline has come back. And we have three beautiful children. And they minister unto the Lord. And today as a family, we are loved by millions of people. We have millions of angels. Millions of families love us. God compensates. But he says, let your heart come to me. I need your heart. Not just your voice. Not just your songs. And that's why Jesus went through that agony. He became a servant. Losing everything. Humbling himself to the cross. So that he could rise up. He could raise us up and make us reign along with him. Many are, the many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Today our hope is only Jesus. 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 And he is enough for us. And he reveals himself and he brings love through his personal visitations, through his personal guidance, and the love of millions of people around the world. And that keeps us strong with Jesus. This morning, return to Gilgal. Cut off your sorrows. Cut off the hate and the hurt. And turn your eyes upon Jesus. And that's the first step for double measure. Then he was taken to Bethel. If you read Genesis 28, 19, Bethel is the place where the vision or the calling was given to Jacob. The next step, God gives you the calling when you cut off your sorrow and trust God totally. God says, this is why I have chosen you. He gives you the revelation why you are in this world. Why he has kept you in this world. God has a purpose for everybody. And when you trust him, he takes you into that plan of God. And he reveals it through supernatural means. In 1962... The Lord appeared to my father and he said, My son, this world has heard about my love. 
but it has not seen my love in action. And I call you to cry for the people and giving you a heart of love. You know, when God appeared to him, Jesus appeared to him and spoke to him, it was wonderful. It's supernatural. But then, to bring that heart of love, God allowed him to go through one sorrow after another. His mother, whom he loved very much, to whom he was the only son, became an epileptic. There would be people in the house and he would be praying. My grandmother would be affected by epilepsy right in the house. She would shriek, froth. And then his lungs failed. And he was given up to die at the age of 34. When God asked him to preach to millions and said, I will put you on the public platform. Then, in 1985, his kidneys failed when God gave him a mission for the young people. In 1986, his daughter failed. His daughter died when God asked him to build a university. In 1990, when God asked him to build a healing center, his lungs, his heart stopped one after the other. On the other side, criticism, ingratitude, financial tribulations. God allowed it. And every time Jesus would come and he would say, my son, unless you go through this agony, you will not know the agony of my people. That's why I have allowed it. He did not allow us to suffer for long. Every time he would come and raise him up. Supernaturally. Supernaturally. Your suffering is only for some time. After he has tried you, you will come forth as gold. Not just to enjoy yourself, but you will have the power of God to release everyone who are going through that agony. After that, you can just say, Lord, let this cancer go. It will go. Let this debt of this brother leave. It will go. Let this woman who is barren for 22 years have a child. She will have a child. That is the path to double portion. The calling is followed by suffering. But Jesus comes and raises you and gives you a heart of love and compassion for the people. Jesus said, now you will not condemn the people who come to you. Who come sick, who come desperate, who come lonely. But you will say, I was there. I know that agony and you will cry with them. When your tears and their tears agree, it will be done by my Father in heaven. That is to agreeing. It's not just holding hands and saying, Lord, I agree. It is your tears and somebody's tears. When it agrees, the Father opens the heaven and says, Amen. Let it be so. That's how you become the representative of Jesus Christ who has the wounds in his hands. And compassion flows and demons leave. No demon can stand before the compassion of Jesus Christ that flows through you. And that's why God takes you through the fire. And in every way God has taken you through, God will reward you by, being, by doing miracles through you. And love will come back to you. And they will be your children. That's how you live in this world. You'll have love surrounding you. Let not your heart be 
broken. This morning, God will repair it and give you the grace to repair millions of hearts. You are his chosen vessel. Never say, I'm sick, I'm suffering because of my weakness. I don't know what is wrong with me. Nothing is wrong with you. You're getting ready to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free for Jesus to be revealed through you. Jesus, no more you, but Jesus. This morning, that grace is coming upon you. I may not finish my sermon, but yet the grace is coming. And 2 Kings 2, 4, the third place was Jericho. When the Israelites went to Jericho, if you read Joshua 6, 1, the Bible says, it was shut for the Israelites. Many times God calls you and says things, but the first thing that you see is closed doors. And people are posting you. It was so, but God had a prostitute there to open the door. You'll be surprised at the people whom God has made ready to open the door for you. The prostitutes and the sinners will enter into the kingdom of God before you and me, says the Lord. <laughs> but then God allows us to humble ourselves before everybody. And that's why he shows that everyone in this world is his chosen vessel. We have no right to complain against anybody or criticize anybody. Who are we? We are saved by grace. And the more we humble ourselves, God will open the doors through such people. And that Rahab was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. How much God honored her. Even in the days to come, God is going to fill this ministry with such people. And it is they who are going to become prophets of God. Acts 2.17, your sons and daughters will prophesy. And they will open the nation for you, for the Lord. So we will never despise anybody. We will love everybody. And finally, he was taken to Jordan. If you read 2 Kings Chapter 2 and verse 6. When Jordan was before them, it was flowing at the peak. And the water was rushing and flowing with mighty speed. Everywhere you will have impossibilities, impossibilities, impossibilities. But God has a solution. And God may, and Elijah took his mantle. He said, the mantle is upon me, the mantle given by God. To anoint the prophet with the same mantle, the calling is given to me. He believed in the calling that God had given him. And he took the mantle and smote the water, and the waters parted. God has given each one of us gifts and grace. Each one of us. We are not orphans in this world. Jesus Christ has suffered for us on the cross just to get us that gifts. Psalm 68 and verse 18. And today, as we say, Lord, thank you for this gift. It will go and open the road through the waters. And Elisha looked at it and he said, I will hold on to it. When the prophets came and said, God is going to take away your master today. Elisha said, shut up. 
And they were going and watching what is happening. The eyes of Elisha was only on Elijah. And he was taken. Elisha, Elijah was taken away. But Elisha got the double portion. The circumcision. Sanctification. And the calling from God. And the heart to love all people. The compassion. And valuing the gifts of grace. Brought him to the double portion. And his eyes were only on his master. Today we have our master Jesus here. He says, I will revive the gifts of grace that is in you. I will compensate for all the tears that you have gone through, my child. And I will give you people as you have become an orphan and people who are despised by the world to come and stand with you and make a way for you. And you will leave all your sorrows and turn your eyes on me. Shall we look up to God? This morning, God is going to compensate. Let's turn our eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of the world will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. The Holy Spirit is healing the bodies of the people right now. There's somebody who has a breathing problem, even asthma. Jesus heals you. James, God touched you right now. The pain in your body is being healed by the power of God. The arthritis pain is leaving by the power of the Holy Spirit. You have said, Lord, what am I going to do for you with this agony? God is going to lift you up. And you will bring great cheer to many people. I see God is going to use you amongst the sports people. The Holy Spirit is coming upon you right now. And you will build leaders for the glory of God. The hand of God is coming upon everybody. Sandra, God says your heart is so worried and everything that has decayed, every organ that has decayed in your body is being set right by the power of the Holy Spirit. Rise up and be healed. There will be joy in your home and you will bring forth much righteousness. The hand of God is coming upon each one. Shall we all rise to our feet and just say, Lord, I trust in you. I thank you for loving me, Lord. You are the joy of my life. I return to you, Lord. I return to you. I'll never ask why. But I say, let thy will be done. Show me the way. Give me the people. And let thy anointing and power rise up within me. Would you all pray that prayer right now? Father, let your grace flow. Comfort every broken heart right now, Lord. Heal their spirits right now, Lord. And empower them with thy mighty supernatural grace in a supernatural way.
And let everybody see Jesus this morning, Lord. Let them find you once again. Let them find you once again. Let them find you once again. Appear to them and turn their sorrow into joy. Turn their sorrow into joy. Whatever they are praying for this morning, grant it, Lord. And whatever they have suffered for this morning, give them everything back in double measure and make them a light to the brokenhearted and a healing power through your love and compassion to many brokenhearted people, Lord. Thank you for doing it. Shall we all praise the Lord? Open your heart and praise the Lord. Even as Pastor Sam comes and leads us, let's all praise the Lord and sing together. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Miracles are happening. God's comfort is coming into your soul. Just praise the Lord Jesus. <laughs>